everybody, and I welcome you today um, to this Bear Ambassador Program meeting. And um, we attended the International Menopause Society meeting, World Congress, that took place from October 26 to 29, 2022. And it was a fantastic meeting. And today we're going to give you a summary of one of the sessions presented by Dr. Nesha Yuxal, and she's from Edmonton. She is a professor in the Faculty of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences at the University of Alberta. And she's gonna summarize the highlights of an interesting abstract presented at the meeting. So thank you very much, Nessie, and we look forward to your presentation. Well, thank you, Dr. Wolfman. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I had this pleasure of attending this really interesting presentation at the um, IMS World Congress on Menopause. Uh, the presentation was on menopause and musculoskeletal health, um, focusing mainly on the link with menopause, bone health, and sarcopenia. Uh, this presentation was by Dr. Amanda Vincent, who is an endocrinologist from Monash Health Menopause Clinic in Australia. Dr. Vincent started off uh, discussing about the link between bone and muscles. Uh, she mentioned that there is a strong connection between bone and muscles. Uh, this crosstalk is controlled by autocrine, um, paracrine, and endocrine mechanisms. This slide demonstrates this interrelationship, um, showing the linkages between um, osteocytes in bone and myokines in muscle. Many of these factors have both positive effects such as stimulating the receptor, as well as negative effects on these receptors. And you can see this on the slide, all the various um, factors in the effects between bone and muscle. For example, rank ligand has positive effects on osteoclasts, resulting in increase in osteoclast activity and an increase in bone resorption, but it has negative effects on muscle cells, causing a decrease in muscle mass. Similarly, other factors have both um, either positive and or um, negative effects, which you can see on this slide. Now this is a busy slide, um, but a really important slide. It shows the effect of estrogen on both bone and muscle. As we know, estrogens have multiple effects on bone cells, uh, including osteoclasts, um, osteoblasts, as well as osteocytes. Estrogens have a negative effect on rank ligand, uh, decreasing the amounts of rank ligand, which reduces osteoclast clast activity and reduces bone resorption. It also has negative effects on sclerostin, and this negative effect on sclerostin increases osteoblast activity, leading to increase in bone formation. And it has multiple effects on various cytokines, which also affects osteoclast activity. But estrogens also have effects on muscle, such as the satellite cells. Um, and these satellite cells are stem cells that are, that are involved in regeneration and repair. This is a great slide as it uh, summarizes the effects of loss of estrogen on both bone and muscle. Estrogen loss during uh, menopause increases osteoclast activity and decreases osteoblast activity. Therefore, we see increases in bone resorption and decreases in bone formation. There is an overall greater effect on increases in bone resorption um, compared to the effects on bone formation. In muscle, 
estrogen loss results in a number of effects um, on muscle, including satellite cell apoptosis, a decrease in protein synthesis, and other factors, resulting in an overall decrease in muscle mass and a decrease uh, in muscle strength and power. During the presentation, Dr. Vincent summarized the age-related changes in both bone and muscle. With bone health, the greatest decline in bone density in women is the first 10 years after menopause. And women can lose up to 2 to 5% of bone mineral density every year up to the 10 years after that final menstrual period. And this is all from loss of estrogens. After the 10 years, there is still an ongoing decline in bone density, but this is more gradual and it is due to more age-related changes. With muscle, muscle mass declines in women about 1% to 2% per year after the age of 50, and there is a greater loss in muscle function, which accelerates after age 70. Sarcopenia is defined as a syndrome involving progressive loss of muscle mass, strength, and function. Now, there are different classifications for sarcopenia, each having slightly different definitions and involving different criteria. This criteria includes measurement of muscle mass, grip strength, and gait speed. And the prevalence of sarcopenia varies depending on the classification that is used. And the global prevalence in women overall is anywhere from 2 to 20%, depending on the definition that is used. Osteosarcopenia is when osteoporosis and sarcopenia coexist together. Overall, the presence of osteoporosis increases the risk of sarcopenia and vice versa. Dr. Vincent mentioned um, that we should be assessing for both osteoporosis and sarcopenia when assessing overall musculoskeletal health in women. For assessment of fracture risk, uh, we should be using the fracture risk assessment tool with FRACS, which is well established in practice. Unfortunately, the assessment of sarcopenia is not as well established in practice. Dr. Vincent proposed uh, the use of a validated sarcopenia risk assessment um, tool called SARC-F. Um, and this tool includes the use of very simple, easy to use tests for muscle strength and function, including hand grip, uh, chair stand, uh, get up and go, and time to gait tests. In the presentation, various um, studies were presented on the effects of different treatment modalities to prevent osteosarcopenia in menopausal women, including exercise, menopausal hormone therapy, and testosterone. Now, several meta-analysis have shown the positive effects of exercise, uh, specifically resistant training on increasing um, lean body mass, improving muscle strength, and also on bone mineral density improvements. Recommendations were provided for the amount of resistant training that may help, um, especially if you are educating your patients on what to do. These recommendations include the duration of exercise um, that should be at least six months duration of training and up to a year for the greatest benefit at least two to three sessions per week. And these exercises should be repeated at least six times. Um, and they should be done on a, in a progressive graded approach uh, to resistance training. 
In regards to menopausal hormone therapy, the effects of estrogen on improving bone mineral density and preventing further bone loss and fractures are um, well-defined. As well, there are several meta-analyses that have shown benefit with menopausal hormone therapy uh, on improving muscle strength, um, but not in improving lean body mass overall. For testosterone, meta-analyses have um, not shown improvements in, on bone mineral density, body composition, or muscle strength in postmenopausal women. Dr. Vincent highlighted the recommendations from a clinical guide um, for osteosarcopenia, which was published in Maturitis in 2020. And the guide covers the assessment and management of osteosarcopenia. The flow diagram on this slide provides the process for assessment, diagnosis, and management for osteosarcopenia. For screening, we should be screening all women who are over the age of 65 years and any postmenopausal women with risk factors for osteoporosis or sarcopenia. Screening should be um, for fracture risk assessment uh, using bone mineral density and fracs, as well as screening for sarcopenia. If a patient has both sarcopenia and osteoporosis, or even if they have osteopenia, then the diagnosis of osteosarcopenia uh, can be made. The management includes um, progressive resistance training and balance exercises, uh, diet, including uh, adequate protein, calcium, uh, vitamin D, and osteoporosis medications, including uh, anti-resorptives or anabolic therapies, really depending on the country-specific guidelines. And I would refer you to this article for more information. So to summarize, there is a link between sarcopenia and osteoporosis. Estrogens do play an important role in both bone and muscle. Screening um, for both osteoporosis and sarcopenia is key, and we should be screening for both osteoporosis and sarcopenia in our practice uh, for our postmenopausal women. Um, the importance of exercise is really important as well. We need to uh, educate and counsel patients on the, especially with resistance training and how much is needed. And menopausal hormone therapy may have a role in improving muscle strength in addition to preventing um, bone loss and fracture reduction. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ashley, I do have a question. And can you be more specific about the dietary recommendations to improve muscle mass for women as they age? Yeah, absolutely. And what I'll do is refer to those guidelines I was talking about regarding osteosarcopenia. And in their guidelines, they talked about um, protein, the adequate protein. And what they recommended was um, 1.2 to 1.5 grams per kilogram per day of protein. Uh, they did talk about calcium and vitamin D as well, the importance of that. And what I can mention is what Osteoporosis Canada recommends for that. And, and we uh, Osteoporosis Canada still recommends um, 800 to 2,000 international units of vitamin D and elemental calcium of 1,200 milligrams um, per day, uh, trying to get as much in the diet uh, as possible and then adding the supplements to get to that adequate amount. Thank you very much, Neshi, for that wonderful presentation. I'm sure we'll all think about both muscle and bone for our menopausal patients in the future. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to partake in this. Thank you.